Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. You know, last Sunday we talked about that he entered, entered in on Palm Sunday as a king. And he was the king. And he is the king. I like what Paul said. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he healed the sick then, he healed the sick now. If he, if he forgave sins then, he forgives sins now. Amen? And so uh, let's dig in. You know, we're going to talk today to come alive this Easter. And uh, we're going to look at the story. I think I could do six months just on the story of Jesus' last week. But I picked a certain story out today because I believe there are many of you, and matter of fact, all of us, uh, can relate to Peter. And so we're going to look at Peter's life in the last day of Jesus's life and what Peter did. We'll look at his life. But what a difference the resurrection makes. You know, people think that Jesus is the Messiah, but for us who know that he is the Messiah, there's a difference. There's a difference when we know. And so we're going to look at Peter and how he came alive to Christ. So number one on your on your sheet, if you're looking at, if you're taking notes, write down, uh, number one is the declaration. Peter made a declaration uh, that night uh, when, the, when they went, uh, you know, th- if you look at that night, Jesus came in, they prepared the Lord's Supper, they prepared communion, they partook. If you read John 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, he tells everything that Jesus said on that night, pretty powerful night. And we're going to take communion today as well. And so, uh, but look at uh, all that he said and all that he did. And let's read Luke. Uh, but I want to go back real quick. I want to go back to when Peter first started following Jesus. Okay, Luke 5. Luke 5, and I want you to remember, remind you of this, 4 through 11, that Peter was fishing, and they didn't catch anything, and they were cleaning their nets. And Jesus said, hey, let me borrow your boat. And that, that, you know, that's something right there to borrow somebody's boat. And to get in the boat, and he pushed out on the water, and he, and, he, and he talked to the people, and he preached to them. And then when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Simon Peter, launch out into the deep and let down your nets. And then Peter said, look, I'm a professional fisherman. And we have fished all night. You only catch fish at night. You can't catch fish in the daytime. You know, he's wanting to argue with Jesus. Anybody ever argued with Jesus? And so, uh, look at verse 5. And Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've told all night. Here's the argument. Nevertheless, at your will, well, we're going to let our nets down. It's a waste of time. I just cleaned these nets. Next verse. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. Remember this story. The net was breaking. They caught fish. And look at verse 7. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats, so they began to sink. That's a miracle. Okay, can you say that's a miracle? God provides miracles. Okay, and so let's, let's, just, keep, let's just finish this right quick. Just keep going. Verse, verse 8. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. This miracle opened Peter's eyes. And then verse 9, And he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. Verse 10, And so 
there was James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And uh, Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. And the last verse 11 that we'll read, so when they brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed Jesus. Okay? They left their business to follow Jesus. It's pretty radical. Pretty radical. But, but I want to remind you that because we're going to go back. And then they said in the video, Matthew 16, 16, Peter said, you are the Christ. You are the anointed one. You are the Savior. And you think, man, that's great revelation because God and Jesus said the Father's revealed that to you. And so, but here's the, the declaration that I want you to look at. Not that declaration, but the declaration that Peter made when Peter told him that he would deny him. So as we go through this story, you can see that on that night in the garden is when Jesus began to carry our sins. When Jesus started carrying the pressures of life. You know, we always talk about sins, but how about just the stress of working, the stress of raising kids, the stress of being married, the stress of taking care of your grandparents or your parents, the stresses of life came on Jesus in the garden. And it was for a reason to relieve us for the stress of life. So what a difference the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus makes. I'm trying to bring this revelation to you today to help you see what Christ has done. And we're looking at Peter. So let's get back to Peter's story real quick. In Matthew 26, 31 through 35, Jesus said, you will all stumble. He said, you know, you strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. And Peter said, his declaration was, nope, nope. I'll die with you, Jesus. I'll die with you, Jesus. I'll die with you. And Jesus told him before the rooster, when the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. Three times. The first time, you know, they asked, do you know him? He said, nope. The second time, he, he swore an oath. You know, like if you was in court and you're a witness, you put your hand on the Bible, that's swearing an oath. Third time, he cursed. And so, so listen, we're not putting Peter down today because I think we can all relate to him. So let me ask you two questions, and I'll prove to you you can relate. Have you ever told God, I'll never do that again? And then the second part, did you do it again? Raise your hand. That's, yeah. If you're honest with yourself, like, I'll never do that again. And doggone, I'll do it again. You know, and it's like me and a knife. You know, me and a knife go round and round. A knife usually wins. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that anymore. But we do that with God. I'll never do that. Lord, help me. I don't want to do that again. And we do it again. And so let's go to number two. The denial. The denial. Ooh, the story is so good. It's not just a story. It's real life. We're going to break it down just a little bit more. But I, I want to I wanna add to the fact that Mary was the first one to tell that Jesus was risen. A woman who had seven devils, a woman who was a prostitute, a woman in the time that men ruled. But a woman 
You know, there's no other religion that their Savior or their leader rose from the dead. A lot of them say they ascended into heaven and this and that and the other. But Jesus has risen from the dead. He is alive. You know, I've never had a vision of Jesus. I've never had a dream where Jesus spoke to me. It can happen. But it doesn't matter. I know that I know in my spirit that he's alive. How come? How do I know that? Because he's quickened me. He's made me alive to his spirit. His spirit lives on the inside of me. Jesus said, blessed are those who believe and have not seen. We can know and believe without seeing. So I'm charging and challenging you today to step up your believing, to receive what Christ has done. So let's look at Peter. Let's go back to Peter. Peter was confronted and he denied with an, you know, he denied three times. Now that, that video just wasn't quite, you know, biblical. So let's, let, let me help you. The courtyard where Jesus was at. So look, he was in the garden. He was kissed on the cheek. He was taken to trial. That was the first one. The Sanhedrin, the Jewish Pharisees put him on trial. And it was a courtyard about 100 by 100 from where I'm standing to the back to where these walls. It wasn't that big. And they're doing that spitting and slapping and they're saying, you know, you blasphemed and, and this and that and the other. And someone comes up to Peter and says, you were with him. No, I wasn't. And somebody else says, yeah, you were with him. I can tell by how you talk. You're from Southwest Virginia. <laughs> or you're from what? What? We had a conversation about Ewan's. You know, so people say, Ewan's doing okay. You know, are y'all, y'all doing good? It doesn't matter about your dialect. They recognized he was from Galilee, that he walked with Jesus by his dialect, by his, uh, you know, the, the way he talked. They recognized it was in Jesus, and then he said, no, with an oath, I don't know him. And then the last time, he cursed him. So, so, so here it is. Look, look, the Scripture says in another place that when he denied him, the rooster crowed. And look, this, this room, look around the room. It's not very big. Jesus looked at Peter in the face. Woo! Man. Don't you know the guilt that flooded all over him? Don't you know the shame that flooded all over him? Because, see, they were popping Jesus in the face. They were spitting on him. Then they took him to Pontius Pilate. What I want to know is when do these people sleep? Because Jesus was up all night praying. And they take him to trial before daylight. And then they take him to Pontius Pilate. And Pontius Pilate finds out he's from Galilee, so they take him to to the, the king, Herod. And then Herod, you know, after they beat him a little bit, they send him back to Pilate, and Pilate then puts him on the cross. But we're looking at Peter. Just want to remind you. And you're sitting there, you say, well, I've never denied Jesus, Pastor. And this word gets somber. Paul writing to Titus in Titus 1.16 Look what it reads. They profess to know him, but in works they deny him, being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. See, in your works, 
your actions can deny by not going to church, by not doing good. The Bible says to do good, and I'm not trying to lay something heavy on you. I'm just trying to show you something. We all miss it from time to time. You know, I missed it more than I want to count. Two. Too many to tell. We miss it too many to tell, but what this story shows us and where we're going is that God's sent Jesus to die for our missing it and the resurrections for our victory over missing it. Okay? So, so as we look at this, we're not here to, again to beat down Peter because he changed. He became a pillar in the church. No, church history tells us that Peter was probably older than all the disciples. Church history tells us John was probably the youngest one, maybe 16, 17 when he started following Jesus. But Peter was older. Peter was a leader. Some of you are leaders, but you're not leading. So let's go to number three, the decision. The decision happened after the resurrection. The decision that Peter made, not when he thinks Jesus is the Messiah, but when he knows Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is the Messiah because of the resurrection. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. You know, I've had Christians tell me, I just, I, my, my Savior didn't go to hell. Yes, he did. And he made an open show of the devil. How many of you know, what do you mean made an open show of the devil? He defeated him in front of all the demons that followed him. So if he's got a horn, he probably doesn't, but Jesus drug him around by the horn and said, y'all follow this? Huh? And the Bible says that he preached to those that are in paradise. And this, this is some of you. This is why I'm, I'm preaching this sermon. Have you ever went to church and you were depressed? Have you ever went to church and you felt guilty? Have you ever went to church and you didn't feel right with God? Did you know that even after Jesus was raised from the dead, Peter was depressed? He felt guilty? Huh? So, some of you, maybe you're feeling guilty. So let's break that off today. In John 21, 3 through 6, Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. He's with the 11, I'm going fishing. And they said, well, we're going with you, because see, he's a leader. They went out and immediately got in the boat, and that night they caught nothing. But when morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore, and yet the disciples did not know it was Jesus. Then Jesus said, children, have you any food? And they answered to him, No. And he said, cast your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast, and now they were unable to draw the net in. Remember, we started off with Luke. This is the same miracle. The same miracle. Some of you need the same miracle that happened when you got saved. To, to wake you up, that God is still alive in you. That God is still for you. See, Peter said, I'm going back to my old life. Why? Because he was trying to live for Jesus in his own strength. Hear me. 
when, he, when, he, when, he, when the first miracle happened, he said, I'm going to follow him, but he's following him in his own strength. Even when he says, you're the Messiah, he said it in his own strength. Even when he said, I'll not deny you, I will follow you, even unto death, he was saying it in his own strength. But the resurrection power changed him. You notice Jesus asking, do you love me? He said, feed my lambs. There's so much in that children are important. Did he ask him, do you love me again? One translation said, take care of my sheep. Shepherd my sheep. Then he asked him again. And Peter said, you know all things. You know I love you. You know all things. You know I love you. You know I love you. The Lord knows all things. He knows our heart. And he still loves us. Somebody said he knows your worst thoughts and he hadn't killed you. He's not going to. He loves you. He knows your your, your worst day on your worst day, he still loves you. Even when you deny him, he still loves you. What's the difference between Peter and the disciple that betrayed him? Notice Peter jumped in and swam to him. Peter never walked away. See, you can't follow God in your own strength. You see, 40 days Jesus was on the earth and he he shown himself to different ones at different times, but he wasn't with them the full 40 days. Church history tells us that he sat down with James, his brother. If you notice at the cross, James wasn't there. Jude wasn't there. They wrote books of the Bible, but they weren't there. But they became believers. James became the pastor of the church in Jerusalem. He became a head elder. And so did Peter. What's the difference is is because of the resurrection life, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead was released into the earth and they received him 50 days later. After Jesus was crucified, 50 days later, the Holy Spirit was poured out into the earth and empowered them. It empowered them to live for God. Acts 1.8 says, you will be a witness. That means you'll be able to live. It's not what you say, it's how you live. Peter's life changed. He wasn't weak anymore. The power of God came into his life. Notice what Jesus prophesied to him. All your life you've dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to. But there'll come a time when somebody else will dress you and lead you to a place you won't want to go. And we know that Peter was crucified. And when they took him to be crucified, he said, nope, hang me upside down, please. And they crucified him. And he did not deny Christ. As a matter of fact, nobody denied Christ that saw him. None of the 11. Actually, the one that they chose out of time did not deny him. Paul did not deny him. They all were killed and martyred, and they would not deny Jesus. Why? Because they knew the power of the resurrection. They knew the power of the Spirit of God was in them and on them. They weren't living out of their own strength anymore. 
When Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me, Peter knew exactly that's where I'm headed because Jesus told him that's where you're headed. And he wasn't moved. He wasn't moved by any of it. In this story of Peter, I want you to look at, you can start over. It's never too late to start over. Grace doesn't give us permission to sin. Grace empowers us to start over. Grace empowers us to take up our cross, whatever God's called us to do. Many of you have a calling and you have laid it aside. I have a CD that I'm listening to different sermons by a woman preacher. Man, that sticks in people's crawl. But this woman's anointed to teach. And you know what? I listen to her voice. You ever had like a voice, you know, like the voice of your husband or your wife or your kids in your head? But as I, this morning as I was praying, I heard her voice in my head. But guess what? It changed to some of your voices. Ladies, you're supposed to be teaching. You're sitting on your gift. Now, I'm prophesying to you. You know who you are. You see, just like Peter, tragedy struck. Maybe tragedy has struck your life and you just laid it all aside. Maybe trouble came and you go, well, I can't serve God that way anymore. Baloney. I'm just going to put it in Southwest Virginia terms. Baloney. Quit letting the devil steal your destiny. Peter had a destiny in God. You have a destiny. Ladies, men, you ought to be teachers. You have a destiny in God. We're all called. Maybe not to stand in the pulpit, but to live the life to your fullest in Christ. We're called. Peter made that commitment for real, and he followed Jesus. In Acts 1.8, he's waiting in the upper room with the 120, even Jesus' mother, Mary. Mary Magdalene was there. There were ladies there. Acts 2, the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost. Peter went out. People said, well, they drunk. Peter said, no, these are not drunk as you suppose. And he got bold. Why? Because the resurrection power of Jesus came into his life. That's what you need. People that preach out of their own strength, they're rude and crude and mean. But the love of God flowed out of Peter and said, these men are not drunk, but this is what Joel prophesied, that the Spirit of God would come on your sons and daughters and they would prophesy and they would declare the things of God. Then in Acts 3, it was Peter going in. He's going into the gates. And him and John are going into the temple and there sit a beggar that sat there for years and years, even when Jesus went in the same temple. And Peter looked at him and said, Silver and gold have I none, but what I do have in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. It's the power of the resurrection life on the inside of Peter. You got the same thing. You have the same power. You have the same power in resurrection. It was Acts 4. Were they beating and said, quit praying for the people because we don't need people getting up and getting healed like that. Isn't that crazy? And they said, we don't want you to preach in this name. Don't you talk about that name, Jesus, anymore. He said, there is no other salvation but in the name of Jesus. Who are you 
to say that I can't say that name, can't preach that name, can't talk that name. He's standing up before the men who he denied Jesus. Huh? Resurrection power. The life of God changed Peter. Acts 5. I've got a shadow going right here. They lined up people down the street and the shadow of Peter crossed over them and they were healed in the name of Jesus. What is that? What is that? That's the resurrection power. It's nothing in the shadow. It's in Peter's life. You've got the same resurrection power, but you don't ever think about that. You're just trying to make it to the next day. When we ought to change that God not only, he's not only going to help you make it to the next day, but he gives you a future and a hope that he's got a plan for your life. And it's not to be a doctor, lawyer, or an Indian chief. It's to live for him. As you're a doctor, lawyer, or an Indian chief, you're going to live for him. And nothing wrong with being a professional fisherman as long as you're living for him. Amen? So, so as we look at these things, the resurrection life made a difference. Jesus is not in the tomb anymore. He came out of the tomb and he sent his spirit. He sent his spirit to live in us, to change us, that we can be like Jesus. It brought Peter alive. It empowered him. So I'm asking you today, will you commit to it? Will you commit to the same power that raised Jesus from the dead to live in you in a bigger way? Will you submit to it? Will you recommit your life to God? Or will you commit to him for the first time today? Because I do believe we're in the last days. I do believe that Jesus is coming back. Are you ready? Are you ready? Should the Savior come today? Mm-mm. You see, this resurrection life empowers you to live for him strengthens you. So I'm asking you today, will you give your heart to Him? We're going to take communion and we're going to believe God to break some things off. But right now, I want you to bow your heads. I want you to look at your heart. We remember today what Jesus did, that He died for our sins, that He rose again. Will you accept Him as Lord and Savior? If you want to recommit your life to God, if you say, Lord, I'm like Peter, I've missed it. I've denied you in some areas of my life. I recommit to you today. Every day, we need to recommit to God. Every day, we need to draw near. While you, with your head bowed, I want you to listen to this in Matthew 26, 58. they took Jesus when they took Jesus and they were taking him to court Peter followed him at a distance to the high priest courtyard and he went in and sat with the servants to see the end God's calling you to a closer walk not to follow at a distance but to come close. Uh, he wants you at his table. He wants you to sit with him every day. He wants you to walk with him. Not follow from a distance, but come close. 
We're like Peter. We were like, we're ashamed. Break that shame off today. So let's pray. Father, we thank you. Say it with me. Father, we thank you for our salvation that's in Christ Jesus. We thank you that Jesus himself died on the cross for our sins, for my sins. Thank you, Father, that the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me, quickens me, gives me strength to live for you, Father. I receive it all today in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.